0: please take your seats wow <laughs> truly isn't it wow <laughs> about a year ago pastor phil he rang me and he, he's like i get on the phone and he's like Jay, Jay. and you know you, you've got to come to a presence conference and it's difficult you see if he sends me an email i can think about it But it's like, we're on the phone now, he wants an answer! (laughs) So he's like chatting, he wants an answer! Well, you know, I don't know if I'm free! So I've kind of got the phone on my ear like this, and I'm holding it there, and I'm walking to my study, I've got to get the diary out, and I'm trying to look at the dates. and he's talking to me, and I'm trying to hear God, I'm trying to hear Phil. (laughs) I've got the diary. I'm like trying to make a decision. (laughs) I mean, pressure. (laughs) But I tell you, in my heart, I was looking at that schedule, hoping that Killy and I were free. And we were free. We said, we would love to come. I put the phone down. The moment I put the phone down, God told me the message that I'm about to give you now seriously seriously God gave it to me I feel I feel a bit like Mary you know when the angel spoke to her and then you've been carrying this (laughs) I've been carrying it for a whole year I've not I've not preached it anywhere before, but God told me, and I I sat down at my desk and I started jotting, and and God told me that tonight, well I didn't know it was going to be this night, but tonight (laughs) to remind all of you of four things. So the first thing I believe God wants to remind us is about the book, the sacred book. Put your hand up if you've read the Bible from cover to cover, okay? Okay, forget the index and the maps, you know. (laughs) Genesis to Revelation, all right, hands down. The rest of you, okay, chill out about it, don't feel too guilty yet. (laughs) Listen, when you get to heaven, it's going to be a little bit awkward. you're going to get there, and Peter's going to go, Welcome! We've been expecting you. Come on in! Oh, let me introduce you to Obadiah. Obadiah says, Did you like my book? (laughs) You go, Book what book? And then he introduces you to Zephaniah. Zephaniah says, Did you like my book? (laughs) What, you wrote a book as well? Listen, you're not going to be able to have conversations with certain people. I'd urge you and encourage you, don't put yourself in that situation. Seriously. This is the only reliable data that we have about God. If your Bible is falling apart, then you won't be. We read the Bible to find. To find. The Bible lets us find our position and direction. Like a GPS technology, you can be told where you are and where you are going. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. People get a little bit confused about, oh, well, what's the Bible saying? Look, it's very easy. If the Bible says yes, it means yes. If the Bible says no, it means no. And if it doesn't say yes or no, God doesn't mind. (laughs) How difficult is that? We read the Bible to find. We read the Bible to filter. We all have antivirus software on our computers to avoid viruses infiltrating. We filter water. Now, there are some rapid poisons, but there are some slow-acting poisons which distort growth. Both need to be filtered out and not taken in. And the Bible enables us to filter the pollution of the world that we are constantly bombarded with. 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We find, we filter, and it's a foundation. You know, we're surrounded by turbulent and corrosive sea of beliefs. And without foundations in place, we can drift. And we need an anchor. Now, I'm not going to wait till the end of my Of my little teaching slot this evening to then say, hey, let's all respond. We're going to be responding as we're going to go through it, okay? So here's the first opportunity. A lot of people find this a dry book, but if you know the author, it can never be dry. Now, if you've lost your passion for the scriptures, if you've lost your discipline or don't have any kind of discipline for reading and feeding on the scriptures, if you would like to get a new sense of zeal and love and for the scriptures because you're lacking it, stand now. Lord Jesus Christ, we pray for every person who is standing now. You know by standing there saying, Lord, they they want to value your word. They want to value your truth. So we pray now that by your spirit, you will burn in them a great fire, a great desire to get hold of your book, to make a choice, to be intentional in knowing how to read it, in knowing how to study it, in knowing how to meditate on it. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that you will inspire them, you will guide them through your word as they feed on it daily. And we pray and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Number one, the book. Number two, the breath of God. The book, the breath of God. Breath refers to the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. The Spirit is God's creative, revealing, and inspiring power. Genesis 2 verse 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. John 20 verse 19, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who gives life. It is the Holy Spirit who empowers us. Zachariah 4 verse 6, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. There was a missionary society that had been in existence for 100 years. And they were having this major celebration to commemorate their 100 years in existence. Okay? And they had this bishop to come and, and pray a prayer, uh, thanking God for the hundred years. And they had 100 doves... And after the prayer, they were going to release all the doves as a symbolism of 100 years of of functioning as a missionary ministry. And so what they did was they took one of the doves, they gave it to the bishop in his hands, and while he held it, he prayed, then he would release the dove, and then they'd release the other 99 doves. So he's holding the dove, and he's going, thank you, Lord, for all these years. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we started." in 1851. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, we did this. Oh, Lord, we did that. Oh, Lord, we did this. And then he released it, and it fell to the floor dead. (laughs) Stop looking back. Look back with gratitude. Look forward with a greater sense of zeal, a greater sense of expectancy. I love love Revelation 3 verse 20 where it has the imagery of Jesus knocking on the door of a house. If you hear the knock, open the door, let Jesus in. Come on in. I know, we've probably, what, 99% of us here have done that. Come on in, but where's he gone? (laughs) You see, it's very easy to say, come on in, and then open a cupboard. Get in there! (laughs) So you kind of say, he's in, he's in, where is he? You know, interesting that the Bible says this, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not resist the Holy Spirit. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. There are three do nots with regard to the Spirit, the breath of God. Don't quench the breath of God. Don't resist the breath of God. Don't grieve the breath of God. So what we gotta do is say, come in, take him down to the basement to clear out the the, the cobwebs, take him to the attic to clear out the bats, come into the sitting room, come into the dining room, come into this room. I want you in every area of my life. Have we? Have we grieved the Holy Spirit by having him in our lives, but actually doing things he's told us not to do? Have we resisted the Holy Spirit? We know he's in our lives, but we've kind of like, ah, not here, not there. It's like, you know, have we grieved him? Have we resisted him? Have we quenched him? We've somehow "Ah," suffocated the breath of God. Do we need to open up our lives to more of his Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. His Spirit is holy. (laughs) Is there unholiness around, hovering around? Do we need to say, come Jesus, come Spirit of God, come breath of God? If you know that tonight you need more of the breath of God, if you know that you have been quenching the Holy Spirit, you've been resisting the Holy Spirit, or you've been grieving the Holy Spirit, stand up now. We ask now, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. By standing, Lord God, we're saying, We are so sorry that we have grieved you and that we've grieved your spirit. We are so sorry that we have resisted your spirit. We are so sorry that we have quenched your Holy Spirit. Uh, But now we're saying, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Break us. Mould us. Fill us. Use us. Spirit of the living God. Number one, this is what I heard after that phone call with Phil. I heard this. Remind them about my book. Remind them, remind them about my breath. Thirdly, remind them about my blood. Without blood, there cannot be life in the physical body. The blood of Christ keeps the church alive and healthy. Jesus said, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. And in Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins. The 22 sermons recorded in the book of Acts understood that the death of Jesus, his death and the provision of the covering of the blood was the essential ingredient of the gospel. Christ's blood is perfect. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Christ's blood is precious. 1 Peter 1.19 But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot. Christ's blood is perpetual. The blood of the everlasting covenant. Hebrews 13, 20. Christ's blood is powerful. Revelation 12, verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Christ's blood is permanent. 1 John 1, verse 7. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all Sin. It is because of the blood of Jesus that we can be forgiven. It is because of the blood of Jesus that we can be healed. If you have any sense within you, if you are conscious of sin in your life, you need the cleansing of Jesus. If you need healing in your life, body, mind, spirit, you need the blood of Jesus. Because it's by his blood, by his stripes, we are healed. If you need cleansing or you need healing, stand up. Jesus, for every person standing now, We ask first of all, Lord Jesus, for each of us that are standing because we're conscious of sin in our lives. We're conscious that we've somehow, like King David, we've got ourselves dirty. And we're asking you, Lord Jesus, to cleanse us. Cleanse us because of your blood. Wash us clean. Make us as white as snow. And so in Jesus Christ, I announce and I pronounce the forgiveness of your sins. Be cleansed, be completely cleansed, be completely set free, washed. For each of us is standing because we have a health concern. We're asking now, Jesus, because of your blood, because by your stripes we've been healed. We are praying and we are reinforcing What Pastor Phil prayed last night, Lord, your healing now. We speak it. Where there's been any kind of sickness, infection, disease in our bodies, we pray that by your blood, Jesus, you will wash it out of our systems now and you will set us free. We pray that where there has been any kind of degeneration, we pray now for regeneration. We pray for restoration in body, in mind, and spirit. We pray for health and wholeness and well-being. Lord, may you just keep ministering your, your holy presence, your healing presence on us, in us, with us, and we pray That as we sleep tonight, you will minister healing to us. And that we will awake tomorrow with a tangible sign of your healing at work. And we pray this in the name and the blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Remind them of my book. Remind them of my breath. Remind them of my blood. Remind them of the bride. The special relationship Jesus has with his church is seen in the terminology the Bible uses to refer to the church. The church is called the bride of Christ and Christ is the bridegroom. We are the church. And one day the church will meet her groom, Jesus Christ, the bride, the bride. He is preparing the bride. He's preparing the church. Now, if he came today, if he came tomorrow, what would she be like? What would the bride be like? what would she be like when we misrepresent her we say bad things about her we don't respect her we don't love her we don't care for her we don't speak well of her We're not proud of her. What would she be like? Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean. Washed by the cleansing of God's word He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without spot. She will be holy without blemish. Are we cleaning her? Are we cleaning the church? Are we preparing the bride to meet the bridegroom? Are we loving her? we love the church? Augustine said you cannot, you cannot have God as your father without having the church as your mother. He is preparing the bride. I love the church because Christ is the head of the church. Now some people say, I love Jesus, but I do not like the church. That is not possible. That would be like severing the head off. If we severed Bernie's head off, I don't think it would look good. (laughs) And there are people today who say, oh yeah, I I like Jesus, I don't like the church. Hebrews 10.25, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I love the church because the church is God's family. And however dysfunctional our family is, they are still our family. Because I love the church, I will support the church. I will support the church prayerfully, I will support the church verbally, and I will support the church financially. Are we preparing the bride to meet the bridegroom? Revelation 19 verse seven, let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to him for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Let us speak proudly about the bride. Let us speak positively about the bride. Let us not speak negatively. Let us not put her down. Let us not, you know, how, how would I feel if somebody spoke negatively about my wife? Don't you dare speak negatively about my wife in the same way let us stand for the church let us love the church let's be proud of the church let's serve the church if you have a tendency to put the church down if you've had a tendency to be very negative about the church, if you've had a kind of a very, almost like an uncommitted commitment to the church, unreliable commitment to the church, but you're saying, hey, I don't wanna do that anymore. I wanna speak positively, and I want to be wholeheartedly committed to my church in every way, prayerfully, verbally, Financially, I'm going to commit myself to serve the church to prepare her for the bridegroom. If you've had a tendency to be negative in those areas, but now you want to be positive in those areas, please stand up now. Stand, Lord Jesus. We pray for every person here who's standing. and they're saying to you, Lord, that they want to be positive and they want to be committed both to you and your church. And we pray, Lord, release them from the past and those things that have caused them to think things in a certain way, just deliver them from that. And we pray, Lord God, that you will give them a great burden, a great passion and a great compassion for the bride. And we pray for all of us, Lord God, that you will show us our part in how we can play our part to prepare the bride for your return. And we pray and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please take your seats. That is what the Lord has told me. It's a... It's a very simple message tonight. Be reminded about the book. Don't forget the breath of God. Cling to the blood of Christ that cleanses and heals. Embrace the bride. The book, the breath, the blood, the bride. These are... Non-negotiables. Non-negotiables.
1: You've been listening to the J. John Podcast. To find out more about J. John's ministry, visit www.canonjjohn.com and follow him on social media. One doctor developed the world's first vaccine. One civil rights activist helped to end racial segregation in the USA. One botanist developed new farming practices supporting impoverished farmers. One former slave escorted 300 others to freedom. One watchmaker saved the lives of 800 Jews and refugees during World War II. One politician persisted to see slavery legally abolished in the UK. Faith, love, generosity, sacrifice, perseverance. Heroes of the Faith, the new coffee table book by J. John. Available now at canonjjohn.com.